0: But today I want to talk, uh, uh, share with kind of our New Life family, I knew that would be here the day after Christmas, as we enter into this focused time of prayer and fasting uh, for 21 days, three weeks, and um, um, this is, like I said, it's been a practice of mine for many years, and, um, uh, and we'll talk about all, kind of what, what fasting can mean maybe for you. But I am asking that each and every one of you consider joining us on a 21-day journey of prayer and fasting. For 21 days, finding, uh, carving out a a time and a place to seek God for 21 days. Um, Never have I ever made prayer and fasting a priority and not come out different on the other side. Never have I ever made my focus uh, of my relationship with God a priority and never came out not closer to him. I don't know if I said that right, but, but you, if you, uh, you will draw nearer and closer to God than you are right now with a focus like, like that. And, and, and so uh, I'll, I'll, let's look at Matthew chapter 17, verse 14. <clears throat> It says, when they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. He said, Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and he's suffering greatly. He often falls into fire or into the water. But watch this. I brought him to your disciples. But they could not heal him. So I've come to you. Imagine being... One of Jesus' disciples and this guy shows up. They probably saw him standing there waiting to talk to Jesus. Like, oh no, it's that guy. He's come to the boss. Watch Jesus' response in verse 17. He says, You unbelieving and perverse generation. So right away, Jesus identifies the problem. Why? could this man not be healed when the disciples prayed? Jesus identifies what the problem was. He tells them that they are unbelieving and perverse. How long shall I stay with you, and how long should I put up with you? I mean, woof! Jesus. Bring the boy here, Jesus says. He, Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy and he was healed at that moment. So there was so Jesus helps identify the problem, the problem being that they were unbelieving and perverse. Unbelieving I would say is about not being connected to God. That that they didn't have the faith. And so so that still it can be our problem even today that we need greater faith. We need greater faith. The problem, it is, a, it is a connectivity problem That not being connected to God. So when Jesus says, I know what the problem is, it's connectivity. And that's why when we take 21 days of focus of prayer and fasting, what we're saying is, we're going to take 21 days and we're going to get connected to God. We're going we're to have our faith Grow and become stronger. The problem is that we can be an unbelieving generation. Yes, not connected to God. And and, and it's kind of like how you can feel connected with your spouse. Or you can feel disconnected from your spouse. Married people that spend quality time together always have greater connectivity. And and it's and it's no wonder that our connectivity with God can suffer when we don't spend time with him. And so that's why we want to kind of give a tithe of our year and say for 21 days we want to we wanna we're gonna pursue God in this 21 days of focused prayer. And fasting so jesus he again he identifies the problem you unbelieving and perverse generation unbelieving to be not connected and, but then he says that they are perverse and i would say that when jesus identifies this problem of being perverse what he's saying is you're too connected to the world so unbelieving you're not connected enough with me and perverse you're too connected to the world And so, again, the problem is connectivity. There is a connection to the wrong thing. And so, when we take time, in this focused time of 21 days of prayer and fasting, we are shifting the connectivity from one thing to the other. Matthew 17, 19, Then the disciples came to Jesus in private, And they said, why couldn't we drive it out? And he replied, because you have so little faith. Again, this is a connectivity problem. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing will be impossible for you, but this kind does not go out except by what, church? Help me out. Say it louder. By what? Prayer and fasting. So Jesus identifies the problem. You unbelieving and perverse generation. He identifies as a connectivity problem. You're unbelieving. You're not connected to me. You're perverse. You're too connected to the world. That's the problem. But now Jesus also identifies the solution. Prayer and fasting. Again, it's about connectivity. Prayer connects us to God. If the problem is, this, the unbelieving problem is not being connected to God, then prayer connects us to God. If the problem uh, when Jesus says, you perverse generation, is that you're too connected to the world, well, that's what fasting does. Fasting then disconnects us from the world. Prayer and fasting is the solution that God gives. The more time you spend with someone, the more connected you become. You know, as, as we come up on the, the this latter part of 2021, I, I, I you know I'm a very reflective person, so I've been thinking about my year of 2021 and all the great and wonderful things that have happened. One of the things that uh, are, are kind of is a standout memory of mine is that uh, my twins, Aiden and Joel, turned 13 this year, and so woo, 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 woo. Uh, I got a little youth group at my house all the time. And uh, when they turned 13, uh, one, of, one of the things that we did kind of f- for their birthday was that uh, I took each of them on a one-on-one overnight trip uh, somewhere, just me, just them. Um, uh, I forget who went first. I think Aiden went first because he's a minute older than his twin brother. <laughs> so <laughs> it just seemed right. And so uh, I, I, we, we took an overnight trip, and Aidan and I went to Cleveland, Ohio. We went to the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and we played golf, and, and, uh, and, and it, it was just a wonderful, wonderful trip. And then I took Joel, and Joel and I, we took an overnight trip. We took the train to Chicago, and we spent the weekend in Chicago together and, and did a lot of fun things there. And all, along with that trip, we, we just had conversation I want to talk about how they are now turning the corner from childhood to becoming a man and, and how to be a man of character, how to be a man of God, you know, you know, how to be a man of purity, things, things of that nature. And when I got home, Jenny, just, you always ask me, you know, how did the trip go? I said, you know, I think what I, I think is so unique about um, the time that I just had with Aiden and Joel individually is like, I would liken it to all the times that you and I have slipped away for a weekend, just the two of us, and how when we come back, we feel so connected, we, our marriage feels so alive. I said, I, I feel like I have a greater connectivity with Aiden and Joel than I think I've ever had because I gave them this, this one-on-one, like, prolonged, undistracted attention. And this is what prayer does for us. You see, like, you don't have to have a priest to pray for you. you have direct access to the father and and, and, and if if you haven't developed that personal prayer connectivity with god I just want to I just want to tell you you are really, really missing out on something. Prayer connects us to God in such a personal way um, you know i it, it is no secret that I enjoy a round of golf here or there, uh, all right, I, I, I enjoy a round of golf any chance I can, okay. Um, but um, in, in, the, in the game of golf, uh, golfers will tend to focus on one area of their game that is struggling the most and, and sometimes golfers have a stronger part of their game and a weaker part of the game. And, so when you form, maybe sometimes when you form a four-man scramble, which means you all four play together, you kind of like form that team based upon like, all right, let's make sure we have someone that can hit a long drive, someone that's a good iron striker, and we, and we have someone who can putt really well, you know. You know uh, and so uh, over, over the last uh, year, I've really focused uh, a lot on my wedge game. I'm going to bore you with, with some golf jargon here. But my wedge game, which means basically shots from 130 yards in, And um, uh, last year, I had the opportunity to play at a a golf course that is kind of coveted by many golfers around the world. It's a golf course known around the world. It's a golf course where all of golf's greatest have played and some of their greatest highlight reels are done at this course. It's a course down in Florida called TPC Sawgrass. It's the course that has an island green for the 17th hole. And uh, it's said to be one of the most... Intimidating holes in golf, the green is literally an island surrounded by water and, uh, and you have to land it on the green. And so knowing I had this trip coming up and I was going to play this course, I really worked on my wedge game 130 yards in. I didn't know where the T's would be, but I knew it would be inside 130 yards. And so I have a little practice area set up where I've marked off distances from 60 yards to 130 yards, and I've worked on these yardages all year long. And, and, and so when we finally get there, and I'm walking up to the tee box on the 17th hole at TPC Sawgrass, the caddy tells me the yardage is 113 yards to carry the bunker, 118 to the pin. And I said, I have this shot. I've got this shot. I am confident in this shot because I've worked on this shot. And so I grabbed my sand wedge, 118 yards, grabbed my sand wedge, took a couple practice strokes. I put that ball within 12 feet of the hole. And I walked up there. I made the putt for birdie. And it's the greatest moment of almost my entire golf life, right there, right there. I mean, that deserves a better applause than that. I'm telling you that right now. I told all my friends, I sent them video of it I, and, and, and all my buddies asked me, just tell me how old 17 goes at, at Sawgrass and I said I only needed two, it was awesome, it was awesome. I had confidence in that shot and some, some golfers, they, they just have a confidence in a certain club, like this club's been in my bag for 10 years, I know exactly what it's going to do because it's been in their hands. They've they've, they've put the time in. They know what it's going to do. It's the same thing when we place that same priority in our relationship with God through prayer. That you can walk through this life with great confidence in your heart. Because you know that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. When you were in the quietness of his presence and he spoke sweetly and gently into your heart and you can move forward with great confidence. Can I tell you that it was only just a few years ago, that, that uh, 2017, 2018, that I was in a very difficult place in my life and ministry. I was stricken by great anxiety for some reason. Um, I thought I had vertigo. I went to the doctor and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. I was having terrible dizzy spells heart racing things of this nature and finally my doctor sat me down and he just said tell me what you do for a living i said i'm planting a church and uh he said oh you're a pastor i said yeah he said let me give you a little advice and he began to tell me that it's very likely that what i was suffering from was anxiety and i'm like oh that's that's for that's for weak people he says well you're not as strong as you think you are, you see And it was during a time of 21 days of prayer and fasting that it, it was it was out of desperation that I was praying and seeking God and fasting and praying and fasting that I was saying, God, I, I don't know what I need, but I need something and right now I feel stuck. It was 2017, turning to 2018, I felt like the Lord told me, uh, that the God kind of gave me a vision of of, of a of, of a date on the calendar, and it was 2020. And I don't know. And at that time, I didn't know what it meant. But I went to my friend, my close confidant, and I said, "I said I feel like God is speaking to me that something significant is going to happen in my life in 2020." And so we uh we, we worked together at, at the church, and so we we had this uh, this meeting room we called it the war room and we had we always had this very large calendar that covered the whole wall where we did all of our planning and so over in the corner, the calendar hadn't reached twenty twenty yet it was only turning two thousand and eighteen. He wrote over in the corner twenty twenty and then he just said let's watch and see what happens and so for the next two two uh, two and a half years so we, we would just, he would always ask me, he's like, so 2020, what's it going to be? I like, I don't know. I know I'm going to finish my degree in 2020, so maybe, maybe it's that, I don't know. But then, coming up on the end of 2019, New Life Church called me, and by the start of 2020, I became your pastor, and I, yeah, yeah, glory to God, glory to God. And I look back at that and I I recall that it was two years prior during a time of desperation. I needed something. I needed God to do something in my life. I was stuck. I was anxious. I wasn't having fun. Out of desperation as I sought God, God just spoke one word to me that became hope. It became confidence in my hands again that then I, could, I, was, I was going to continue in ministry when everything wanted to quit. I was going to continue in marriage and family when it just didn't feel like I was winning because God spoke one word to me in a time that I needed it most. And it was hope in my hand. It was courage. It was confidence that I could step into and out of each and every assignment with the confidence to know what God spoke to me in the secret of my prayer life and that is what can happen for you prayer connects us to God but also fasting disconnects us from the world Uh, fasting is probably one of the the least familiar disciplines of the church we're all familiar with worship and prayer and the reading of the word Uh, fasting is probably one of those you know lesser of those Um, but let me tell you what fasting is not Fasting is not punishing yourself. <laughs> uh, when I was younger, I used to think that I had to fast to, to kind of like, like uh, get the sin out of my life. Uh, well, no, I just needed forgiven for that, which Jesus took care of, uh, took care of years ago on the cross, and and uh, just and, but it is not punishing myself, and it, it wasn't that I could prove anything to God that I was worth Him answering my prayers because I fasted. I used to think, well, if I break my fast, I won't get what I'm praying for. And, And that was just a sign of my spiritual immaturity at the time. God doesn't want you to suffer. That's not the problem. Remember, the problem is connectivity. And God doesn't want you to suffer. He wants you to disconnect from the world so that you can connect to him. Adam and Eve in the garden, they lost their dominion when they gave in to their appetite. And so fasting is a a, a disciplined practice of denying ourselves, putting our dependency on God and disconnecting from the world. It is training ourselves how how to resist the appetite of our flesh. And if you want to get your dominion back then you need to get the right connectivity. So uh, so again, we have this focused time that I really really want to encourage you in. It's 21 days of prayer and fasting. And it's, and it's going to be from January 2nd to January 22nd. And during that time I, I want you to consider finding a time and a place to spend time in prayer i remember when i was early in ministry i worked three jobs and um i was obviously very busy had little ones at home at the time Um, my time and place became my commute to to work i always called it automobile sanctuary and maybe you have some automobile sanctuary time as well but i would turn on music and i would just call down heaven I would pray out loud in the quiet. I'm sure people driving by me would be like, you ever see someone like really like getting into the music in their car by themselves and you feel awkward that you see them and they don't see you? Maybe you like that you see, you. you're like, whoa, look at that guy. Yeah, that was me. And I'm probably just bawling my eyes out, driving in my car. I'm just, I'm just praying, I'm just praying. And I remember taking lunch breaks, pacing the parking lot. When I, my third shift job at 2 a.m. was my lunch break. I put my iPod in, and I'd walk, and I would circle the parking lot at my workplace, just praying and seeking God. 21 days, January 2nd, 2nd to January so Let me give you some biblical foundation for prayer and fasting, just in case uh, you would like it. I think you, sh- you need it. Uh, it Here, it says, Then John's disciples came and asked him, Jesus, He said, How is it that we, and the Pharisees, fast often? But your disciples do not fast. Well, Jesus answered, Well, how can the guest of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? But then he says this, The time will come when the the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. So if, where are we in this historical arc? We are, then it's time to fast. That's where we are. In the book of Acts, the, the, the kind of the history of the start the, of, the, of the church, it says while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, so this is after Jesus has uh, died and rose again, he's ascended to heaven, the church has begun, and what's the church doing? They are a fasting people. The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. So fasting was a common practice even in the early church after the resurrection of Jesus. These things took place. So, so he, here's what I know about you. Here, here, here's what I know about you. is That, that you are three parts. You, we are a triune being we have three parts body soul and spirit this is okay we are god's most unique creation there there is there is no other cre- crea- created thing that has body soul and spirit only some parts of creation have one or two of these but no no other part of creation has all three except us A tree has a body, but it has no soul, and it has no spirit. So a tree doesn't have emotions and feelings, but it has a body. Animals have a body, and they have a soul. The tail wags, the tail goes between the legs, right? Like they have emotions and feelings. Now, do animals go to heaven? I don't know. I do know cats don't. You feel me? Someone's leaving the church right now. <laughs> uh. But we are unique in that only only humanity has a body. A physical body a soul which makes up our emotions and a spirit that is eternal and connects to God so our body then connects to ourselves this is where we have where we, we satisfy appetite in our body because it's for ourselves this is our self connectivity it's made up of our appetites, its desires, or even lusts of this world. So denying our body is then to bring it into submission so that we can connect to God. So if you have a selfishness problem, you should fast for this reason. To disconnect from yourself because body is how we connect to ourselves. And uh, this is so the type of fast that might be good for for you would be to fast something like food. I'll talk more about that later because I I know that like you might be thinking, you're asking me not to eat for 21 days. That's not what I'm asking of you, okay? But you may want to fast something of your body to help uh, with controlling yourself, your appetites, your lust, your desires of this nature. That second part of us is that we are also soul. And soul is how we can connect to each other. So soul is our emotions. Emotions being connected to others. And so sometimes we need to deny our soul because, again, the problem is connectivity to God because we're too connected in our emotions. Some people through emotions is how they get validation from other people so so sometimes it's it's the, if this is you if you feel like you're too dependent upon your emotions you're too driven by your emotions you need a soul fast for some for some especially uh, probably people my generation and younger the struggle that, that they need to give up is they need to give up social media for 21 days completely. Put it away, put it away because the, the attention and the need for validation, the need for likes and comments and views and followers and likes is, is to drive the soul of validation. I even, I, I even had someone uh, in my student ministry years ago, a young lady uh, that when, when we talked about this, she, she's like, she's like I, oh, I, I need to disconnect from my soul, and she didn't wear makeup for twenty-one days. For twenty-one days, she said. I realized that I get so much validation from trying to be beautiful, to be something. That the uh, husbands, I'm not telling your wives to do this, okay? But but that was her personal conviction. How do you know that the Holy Spirit will help show you where your strengths and weaknesses are? And and so this this would this for her and for others like that a soul disconnect is needed a soul fast and then we are also spirit our spirit is how we connect to God now one of these three things listen to me one of these three things is strongest in you right now one of these three things body soul and spirit Whichever one of these three things is the strongest, then dominates the other two. Think about it. For someone that is uh, that, that body is the strongest, they are dominated by their own selfishness. And they, they want what they want. They're going to do what they do, even at the expense of you. But, but if someone's soul is the strongest, they are driven by their emotions. And it's likely a roller coaster. But if someone is driven by the spirit, the spirit then dominates everything. So, uh, so when your emotions take over, they make the body suffer. Think about how depression can affect and harm the body. When the body is strongest, think of how it can also uh, harm the soul. Because your selfishness or giving into every appetite, desire, and lust of your life, it will affect your soul. This is why when people uh, give into every appetite and sinful desire, they ultimately feel regret. And shame, where? It's an emotion. Their soul suffers because they're, they're strongest in body and not in spirit. And so when your body is the strongest, it says, I'm gonna do what I want, I'm gonna satisfy me at the expense of you. And it always leads to regret and disregard to the soul and the spirit. But when the spirit, you have a spirit, when it is in charge, when it is controlled by the Spirit of God, it does not answer to the flesh, the body. It does not answer to your emotions anymore. This is why we are to die to our flesh daily and be alive in Christ. This is what Romans 8 says. You don't, it's not on the screen. It's a little bonus content. It says, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Did you hear it? Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. So when the mind is governed by the spirit, it brings life and peace, where? In your soul and your body. So, for everybody in this room, one of these three things is strongest in you right now. Right now. And this is the beauty that fasting brings. The beauty is this, on the screen, is that fasting weakens the body and soul while strengthening the spirit. Remember the, remember the problem Jesus identified? You unbelieving and perverse generation. You are not connected to me, and you're too connected to the world. And so the solution it, that Jesus gave was prayer and fasting, connecting to, to him, disconnecting from the world. So prayer and fasting is a twofer. Two for one. You weaken the body and the soul and you strengthen the spirit. So that this is the beauty of prayer and fasting. So, so I want to show you kind of the, in the, this 21 days of focused prayer and fasting what the objectives are. And, and here's the objective. It is one that... During this time, we put our dependence back on God. We're not a dependence on self, that's body, not a dependence on feelings, emotions, our surroundings, that's soul. No, no, no. Our dependence on God, which is our spirit. It's a time to seek forgiveness. Sometimes you just need that reset. It's a time to refocus on the eternal. There is an eternal perspective of our lives that gives us so much greater purpose. It takes us beyond the frivolous things in front of us and the things that we are selfishly fighting for. And also, it it, it takes this purposeful time to invite the presence of God back into our lives. Remember, strengthening the spirit while weakening body and soul. And to believe for answers to specific needs. I have gone into times of 21 days of prayer and fasting with specific needs that I'm believing God for. And God has not answered all of them. Every time I enter a 21 days of prayer and fasting, um, there is a a family member of mine um, that I pray for their salvation. I've been doing this for years. I call them by name. I pray that God would wake him up inside, remove the veil, the, the, the scales from his eyes, so that he could see again, the things that he, was, what he, he grew up in. I mean, I, the, I go in with specific needs. And I know that if that's me, then, then for you, that you will probably also have specific needs that you are believing God to answer as well. So that is the objective of this focused time of prayer and fasting. And again, you know, what we we're, what we're desire is that you would find a time and a place each day to pray. Now, next Sunday when you come, there will be a table out in the lobby with some resources for prayer. There will be a prayer guide. There will be prayers in there. There'll be maybe, maybe praying is not something that you feel like you're good at. Well, we, we have a, pray, a prayer guide that can help walk you through developing your prayer life. Uh, we, there will also be a prayer calendar where uh, there will be a prayer focus that we all obviously we, we're all focused on certain things but as a church, corporately there are specific prayer um, uh, themes for each day. It's broken up into three categories. The first week is all about our personal relationship with God. The second week is is uh, about something good. The <laughs> um, uh, the second week is about our relationships and our influence. It just came to me. And the third week is about our church, our city, and our world. So it's kind of broken up into those three areas of focus and then a focus for each day. So that calendar will be available next Sunday and also for the next 21 days. And, and then on Wednesday nights, we are going to gather for one hour, starting at 6:30 on Wednesday nights, we'll have a time of worship and prayer. I, I promise you it won't keep you longer than one hour. Uh, but it will be a focused time of worship and prayer. But before before I just like turn you loose, and since this starts next Sunday, I'll, I did want to give you some notes on types of fasting. Because again, um, maybe when you think fasting, you think like it's uh, fasting from food only, um, or all food, or just just drinking water, things of that nature. For, and you like twenty one days trying to kill us? Um, I, I'm not. Um, and uh, but there, let me give you some different kinds of fast that you can prayerfully think about, and uh, and, and the first is a, it is a complete fast. This is a type of fast where you only drink liquids, typically water or light juices as an option. So there that is there is a complete fast. Um, I've done those. Um, it is pretty transformational, but uh, it's not for everybody. There is a selective fast. This is the type of fast that involves removing certain elements from your diet. Uh, One example of a selective fast, maybe you've heard of it, is called the Daniel fast, uh, during which um, you remove meat and sweets and bread from your diet and consume water and juice for fluids uh, and fruits and vegetables for food. Uh, this is typically where I land, just so you know. I typically do a no meats, no sweets fast. Um, and then there's a partial fast. Sometimes this is called the Jewish fast. It involves abstaining from eating any type of food from morning and afternoon, from, or from sunup to sundown, um, a complete fast during those hours. And then, and then while uh, during the evening, you could eat again. Then there's the, we talked a little bit about a soul fast, soul fast, S-O-U-L. This fast is a great option if you do not have much experience fasting food, you have health issues that prevent you from fasting food, or you wish to refocus certain areas of your life that are out of balance. So for example, you might choose to stop using social media or watching television during the duration of the fast and then um, carefully bringing uh, that element back into your life in a healthy doses at the conclusion of the fast, whether it's food or not. So whatever it is, whatever it is, there is one area of you that is stronger than the other, body, soul, or spirit. And I would suggest that you ask God, which part of me is strongest right now, and then you select the fast that correlates with that, to help reduce the connectivity to the world and then increase the connectivity to God. And So every 21 days I do a selective fast where it is selective foods for 21 days I I abstain from. I also remove myself from all media for 21 days. And and I promise you this, if you choose to to do that as well, uh, you'll be like, why do I have this stuff anyway? (laughs) You really will. It is, it is quite relieving and freeing. And you'll realize how much of your mind is consumed by things of that nature. Well, let's all stand together. Come on, is this helping you? I hope this is helping you. I hope you feel encouraged today. Um, I hope you're excited about the coming new year. I couldn't be more excited. And so let's let's just pray, and then uh, the worship team is going to sing. And when they start singing, you're, you're free to be dismissed, or you're free to uh, stick around, whichever you choose. But God, uh, man, you're the best. You're the best. You're the best dad I ever had. And God, I I, I anticipate. I look forward to uh, a focused time with you. I know that you're always ready for it, and I'm not always but I feel ready for it. And uh, it's like it's like going on vacation again to be with you. Lord, I pray that during that time of 21 days, for, that our church, God, would, would see an increase in our hunger for you as our spirit becomes the strongest part of us. I pray that during this time, God, that there would be habits that would be broken in Jesus' name, that chains, things that have bound people and hurt families would be broken in Jesus' name, that we would see great levels of freedom because we will have a confidence to know that you still do what you said you do. Now, Lord, I pray that you bless those that are here this morning, and uh, Lord... And God, we just pray for 2022 that there people will find hope. People will be transformed by the love of God. You would bring healing to many. God, we pray for people right here in our city of Kokomo that are far from you and they don't know it yet, but 2022 is a year marked in your calendar because they're coming home Salvation is coming to many. We believe in Jesus. Amen and amen. Hey, New Life Church, thank you so much for joining us today. If this is your first time joining us and you'd like to learn a little bit more about New Life Church, you can text the word CONNECT to the number 765-347-9127. Again, thank you so much for joining us, and we hope to see you guys next time.